This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hello and welcome to Save for Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about instant coffee. Whew. Yeah. It's. It was an endeavor. Yeah. Oh, it's one of these like technology heavy ones that's super fascinating, but also kind of a lot to to untease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And this was a listener suggestion. Yes. yes. Thank you for the suggestion, Kelsey. We appreciate it. Um, and it oh yeah. So so cool. So cool. I get to talk about some of my favorite stuff that is not bacteria or yeast poop. So Ooh. Okay, that's <laughs> exciting. That's exciting. Uh, I feel like I've talked about this before on previous episodes, but I I used to drink so much instant coffee um, when I was running in the morning, especially. Okay. I just needed that, like, quick caffeine thing, and I really didn't care about the taste. It was just like, <laughs> I need this. I'm going to go run. Huh. I feel like I know there's so much judgment about instant coffee, but I'm somebody who really understands its place. <laughs> like, yeah. I appreciate it. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, like, A, there are some there are some quite good um, instant coffee options out there now. Um, and B, you know, it's inexpensive. It's easy to make. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things that comes to me I have a lot of memories that come to mind when I think of instant coffee my mom would drink uh this Folgers instant coffee like the Folgers crystals 
Yeah. Yeah. And so every time I like smell that or taste that, I think of her. And when I go home, she doesn't drink coffee that much. So that's what she gets from oh, me. Oh, uh-huh. Um, huh. Although she did, and we're going to talk about this in the history portion, she did start getting me the like via, via Starbucks line oh, of okay. coffee because uh-huh. it was fancier. Oh. She was trying to be like real a real good host for me. Oh. <laughs> so oh. sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it does, like, that taste, that kind of, like, burnt <laughs> coffee taste. Yeah, the sort of burnt, almost, like, soy kind of tasting. Like, there's, like, a there's like a yeah. savory note in a lot of instant coffees that, that I find real interesting. I'm like, where, wh- why? What is this from? But, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very particular. Yeah. And it, it brings back a lot of memories for me, especially, like, a lot of memories, good, bad, <laughs> ugly, fine, whatever it is. But one of the ones, like, for example, I remember, again, with the running thing, like, mm-hmm. you want that boost of caffeine before you run. Um, and the first time I ran a, a race at Disney, and it was a half marathon, and I, I was, like, really loopy because it's so early. And I said, the conversation is done when the coffee is cold. And when and there were three of us, and we all like stared into our like styrofoam cups of bitter instant coffee, sipped at them. And it was like I said something so wise instead of something completely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it was true, though. Like, probably the conversation was done when the coffee was cold. It was done. It was silent. There you go. Yeah, but I have a lot of, like, Dragon Con (laughs) memories associated with it. You know, like, just that sort of quick, however I can get it, coffee associated with events in particular for me. Sure. Yeah. Um, I I will say um, I entered my coffee snobbery early in life. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. I had uh, in college, I like knew a guy whose uncle roasted his own coffee. And oh, so wow. like, like from like from that early point in time, I started really, really appreciating um, a, a well-roasted and freshly brewed cup of coffee. And so, so I never really developed that, that like instant coffee positive memory. Uh-huh. And so until some of the like better brands started coming out, I was like, that's not coffee. Get it away from me. What are you even doing? I hate this. Um, like uh-huh. call it something else. Don't call it coffee. I don't like your face. Um, like, like I was like, like the level of like, of like, I need my specific kind of caffeine. And if I do not get it in my specific way, I'm going to be very angry kind of thing. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, but no, 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 these, these days, like, yeah, there's usually I wind up going to like the H Mart and finding one of the, uh, Japanese or, or Korean brands and, uh, and buying those because they're, they're basically indistinguishable from regular coffee and they are so convenient. Yeah. Yeah. They are. That's the thing. Um, also I did use instant coffee for the dirt stains on my last of us two ellie costume oh yeah 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 and it totally worked it looks great and also it smells like coffee and it's right behind me and i can smell it like every time we do this (laughs) every time we record in here oh yeah no that's totally right the first time that i bought instant coffee was definitely for 
uh, like costuming purposes for uh, for mm-hmm. for for special effects, for makeup, for like um, uh, fake blood. Um, frequently in fake blood recipes, it calls for a little bit of instant coffee to give it like that that darker, rusty, browner tone. Um, yeah. and get it away from the kind of like like candy apple red color that you're going to get from a lot of food colorings. Yeah. Yeah. This is the saver promise. We'll always bring in some kind of weird horror <laughs> element, <laughs> costuming thing, and nerdery uh-huh. in our food episode. You cannot escape it. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> it's our guarantee. Uh, you can see the episode from our Hawaii mini series that we did on coffee for more context. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it included a lot of great quotes from uh, Sean Steinman, PhD, AKA Dr. Coffee, um, who uh, in 2019, like late in 2019, uh, released an updated version of one of his books, um, a lovely update. Uh, called the, the book is called um, the Hawaii Coffee Book, and it's so cool. Uh, definitely check that out if you are interested in um, kind of the process of coffee and especially of coffees on Hawaii. Yes, and he was he was lovely to talk to. He oh, was so like, fun! The interview went on two hours yeah it was supposed to go we really didn't we really didn't mean to but we were just all having such a good time yeah Uh it was lovely uh and i think we mentioned instant coffee in our mre episode that sounds right yeah space foods i think definitely freeze drying absolutely freeze drying yeah Mm -hmm. um well i suppose that does indeed bring us to our question yes instant coffee What is it? Well, uh, instant coffee is a category of processed coffee product that dissolves in water, producing a drink instantly. Um, You don't need to, like, wait for it to steep or toss away grounds or anything like that. Um, It is quick and mess-free and usually inexpensive. Um, It's like like bouillon, but coffee. Uh, It's like crystal light, but coffee. Okay. Um, It's like replicator coffee in that, like, you're not entirely sure how it happened and it tastes almost but not quite entirely unlike coffee, uh, but it'll do in a pinch. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That was a Douglas Adams joke. Um, So, like I said, some instants really are, really are quite good these days. Um, And we do know how they're made, actually. Um, There are a couple basic types, um, spray-dried and freeze-dried, but both start the same way with coffee beans. So, uh, this is not an episode about coffee. No. (laughs) But Mm -mm. beans are the seeds of the coffee plant. After harvest and processing to separate the seeds from the fruit, the seeds are dried and then sent for further processing. In this case, uh, roasting, probably a little bit lighter than you would do for consumer use, and and a nice coarse grind. Um, next you're going to basically brew the coffee, but like in the most intense way possible in order to extract as much of the flavor as possible. So you load your grounds into these columns that water can pass through. A couple are cold cells, uh, where the water is heated merely to boiling, like hundred degrees Celsius or 212 Fahrenheit. Um, and a few more, that are hot cells with water heated to somewhere between 140 to 180 Celsius. That's 284 to 356 Fahrenheit. Um, Some of these are pressurized uh, uh, at at higher pressures in order to help the the temperature situation. Um, Anyway, uh, these... uh, 
these columns, these cells will extract the, the, the cooler ones, extract the flavor molecules, and the hotter ones extract tougher stuff like carbohydrates. And the resulting extract at the end of all of this will be about 20 to 30% coffee solids in water. Um, after that, you concentrate this extract by removing some of that water by either centrifuge or evaporation or freezing, which will result in uh, about a 40% concentration of solids. All right. Okay. That concentrate is cooled and clarified. Um, and the oxygen is removed from it to preserve those flavor compounds because oxygen mucks around with a whole bunch of different things in a whole bunch of different ways. So get it out of there. Also, um, during any of these prior steps, aroma compounds coming off of the beans um, in the air may be collected and concentrated for adding back in later after drying. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Um, okay, but that drying, yes. In spray drying, what you're looking at is this like big old heated air tower, some like 75 feet or 25 meters tall. Um, and it's filled in the vertical with, um, with these air blowers um, uh, that are blowing air heated to around 250 Celsius or 480 Fahrenheit. It's heckin' hot. And there's a nozzle at the top of the tower that is uh, uh, spraying this coffee concentrate out in a mist that falls down through the hot blown air. The water evaporates out of the concentrate. The air is pulled out through a filter near the bottom and the dry powder of coffee collects at the base. Often this powder will be further processed to, um, to make the granules bigger and, and more like ground coffee-like. Um, you, you just tumble them with a little bit of steam to sort of stick them together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the process of, uh, of spray drying. And that's a little bit less expensive and um, less flavor preservy <laughs> than, free, than yeah. freeze drying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a technical <laughs> science term for it. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> but so in freeze drying... Um, you're, you're, you're looking at, um, okay, first freezing the concentrate into a slush and then into a solid sheet and then breaking that sheet into, uh, into small pieces, um, granules. Then cryodesiccation. My God. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna keep them cold and you're gonna get the water out. You're gonna, you're gonna dry them out. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to sublimate the water out of these icy granules. Um, you can you can see again our freeze drying episode for more on this. But but basically, basically, freeze drying works by mucking around with the natural process of things going from a solid to a liquid to a gas. That's what we expect them to do in you know normal everyday Earth circumstances. Um, if you have a solid thing, you expect it to become a liquid before it becomes a vapor. Yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's because, again, under normal circumstances, uh, solid and liquid and vapor are energy states that correlate to how warm a given substance is. Um, the, the, the molecules in a frozen substance have very little energy. If you add some energy, they'll loosen up and start sloshing around. And when you add enough energy, those molecules will break free of each other entirely and become gaseous. Um, that is the process of evaporation. In sublimation, solid water crystals skip the liquid state and go straight to being water vapor. 
In order for this to happen, um, the solid water molecules need to have enough energy to escape as a vapor, but the circumstances have to be wrong for a liquid to happen. Hmm. Like the stars okay. are wrong. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enter, not like Cthulhu, but enter pressure. Because at extremely low pressures, liquids can't cohere. Um, so, so adding energy to solid water at extremely low pressure can force it to go straight to a gas. Um, and that's how you get the water out of this, this frozen coffee concentrate. You put these frozen granules in a vacuum chamber, lower the pressure way, way, way down, and then apply just enough heat energy to make the water molecules sublimate. Um, then you, 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 you sweep the water out of there and you're left with dry grains of coffee. That's so cool. So cool. That's so cool. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Oh wow. man. Also <laughs> shout out to past Lauren who who pulled all mm. that information together. <laughs> <laughs> you go past Lauren. <laughs> Doing good. <Thank> you. <laughs> past me. Yeah. Oh, all right, all right. So um so right. Uh so now you've got either from the spray version or the freeze version, um, you've got these dry particles of, of, of very concentrated coffee. Um, next, uh, those aroma compounds that might have been collected are um, sprayed onto that dry coffee. Um, and then, then the coffee is packaged in moisture-proof containers and is ready to be sold. Um, and yeah, at that point, you know, like you... you you buy a jar and to reconstitute it, you just measure some out and add hot water and stir. It's shelf stable and portable and doesn't require special equipment other than, you know, like hot water and a drinking receptacle. Um, it's also useful in cooking and baking um, and yes, crafting. Uh, you know, when you want to get a quick punch of coffee flavor and or color without a lot of expense or mess. Mm hmm. Yeah, I was very impressed with the swampy mud stains <laughs> that the instant coffee provided <laughs> to my costume. Right? Very, very yeah. impressive. Very much safer than just rubbing your garment in dirt, which you shouldn't do because of microorganisms. Yes. The internet was very firm about that, which I appreciated. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the nutrition? Um, it's, it's a lot like conventional coffee. So, yeah, like conventional coffee, uh, instant coffee is by itself low calorie. It's got like a wee tiny bit of fats from the seeds, natural oils, um, especially in the freeze-dried versions. Um, it's got a lot of antioxidants. I read during this research that coffee is the single largest source of antioxidants in the modern human diet. Mm. And if I had not been sitting down when I read that, I would have needed to sit down because I was like that is impressive and also kind of sad like we all need to eat more vegetables y'all we all need to eat more vegetables okay yes this is we've got several shirt ideas that have come up <laughs> in in past episodes and i feel like eat more vegetables y'all please <laughs> eat more vegetables is the shirt and true <laughs> yeah Very yeah true. it's pretty much always accurate um uh hoofda anyway uh, instant coffee does contain caffeine, unless it is decaffeinated instant coffee. And caffeine can be sort of a mixed bag, nutritionally speaking. Um, uh, 
Instant coffee has also been found to contain more acrylamide than conventional coffee, which is potentially harmful, although not at the levels that you're getting uh, even from instant coffee. So don't worry too much about it. Um, Probably don't drink more than like three to five cups a day of any coffee. All right. Yep. I got I'm a two cup gal. Yeah. Yeah. Two cups before noon and then that's it for me. (laughs) I'm allowed I'm allowed to have a third in the afternoon as long as it's before 6 p.m. Oh, okay. I like we have these rules. Yeah. 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 You got to have a system. Well, right. This is like this is like hard tested. This has been. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yup. A lot of data has gone into that into that conclusion. Anyway. (laughs) And yes, the the caffeine headache is not to be trifled with. Oh, goodness. See, that's the thing. (laughs) Yes. Well, hmm. we do have. Some numbers for you. We do. Um, instant coffee accounts for about 15% of the coffee that um, Americans drink today, um, including both home preparations and vending machines, because a lot of those those instant coffee vending machines are instant coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. There you go. <laughs> uh, according to a mashed article I found, 75% of coffee made in Australia and New Zealand is instant coffee. 75%. Though. Okay. 75%. So listeners from Australia, New Zealand, write in. Is this accurate? I've got to know. And that instant coffee accounts for 34% of coffee brewed around the world. Uh, Nescafe made up 74% of the instant coffee market as of 2012 wow. and is available in over 180 countries. Huh. Yeah. And according to Nestle's website, more than 5,500 cups of their instant coffee are consumed every second, which I'm guessing. I, I, yeah, sure. All right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people in the world. Um, yeah. and Time zones are different. It's yeah. all kinds of things. People like to drink coffee. I have a friend who likes to drink it at night. So, you know, all kinds of things. You know, on. different people's brain chemistry is different. <laughs> yes. Truth. True. Uh, during the first decade of the 2000s, the rate of growth in sales for instant coffee rose by 7 to 10% year over year. Okay. And one of the biggest areas of growth was in China. Um, and I found this interesting because a lot of articles about this quoted an off-stated understanding that for a long time, the average person in China drank two cups of coffee per year. Huh. I have two a day. So this is like. Yeah. What? Yeah. Woo. Well, it is like, like right. It, it is a traditionally tea-based. Yes. Caffeine consumption exactly. culture. So. Exactly. Um, so if this, this growth uh, is true, which I believe several publications have looked into it, um, that is a huge shift from what's going on now when China is the fourth largest consumer of ready-to-drink coffee. Wow, yeah. Surveys, yeah. They've done surveys on the population about this huge change, and it seems to be all about convenience. Um, that's just, yeah, easy to make. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you if you don't own even the, you know, relatively simple equipment to easily make, uh, easily brew or drip coffee, then, mm-hmm. yeah. Instant coffee. Instant coffee. 
But the history was not instant. Ha ha! Ah! Yes. Good transition, <laughs> yes. All right. And we are going to get into that history. But first, we're going to get into a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm-hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here, when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a saver team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is, yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at (laughs) discoverpuertorico.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So again, you can see our episode that we did on coffee for more context. Yes, but uh, very briefly, uh, coffee was being cultivated by around 800 CE in and around what's now Ethiopia and was being roasted and steeped in water to produce the drink that we are familiar with by around 1200 CE in and around what's now Yemen. Um, public coffee houses as social spaces really flourished around the Arabian Peninsula um, and beyond thanks to the Ottoman Empire over the next few centuries. Um, locals took steps to monopolize the market, but sometime in the early 1600s, someone smuggled fertile coffee beans out of the area. 
and by the late 1600s, the Dutch were running coffee estates in Indonesia. The rest of the colonial powers got their hands on it, and uh, it became one of the commodity crops that was integral to the slave trade. Um, in that way, coffee houses spread throughout Europe and its colonies throughout the 16 and 1700s. Yes. Which brings us to the beginnings of instant coffee. Yes. Many historians claim that the first instance of instant coffee occurred in 1771 when John Dring was granted a patent for a, quote, coffee compound by Great Britain. At this point, yes, coffee had been present on the European continent for about two centuries. A firm in Glasgow debuted a product called Camp Coffee in the 1800s. The ingredients included water, chicory, sugar, and coffee essence. Uh, some version of Camp Coffee became available at British grocery stores in the mid to late 19th century. And as we've discussed in several episodes, coffee and the energy it provided was majorly sought after during the shortages of the Civil War. Like we talked about this in our okra episode. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it was a big deal. And it has been a big deal for soldiers and most conflicts in general. This like boost of energy wherever you could find it. Um, with that in mind, one of the earliest known mentions of instant coffee in the U.S. comes out of the Civil War when an easily portable and light form of caffeine was incredibly important. At the time, coffee making was a bit of a hassle for the average person requiring roasting and grinding a whole thing. Enter someone whose name is probably familiar to you. Mm -hmm. James Folger. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> that Folger. Yeah. Yes, that Folger. He and his sons started their coffee company in San Francisco in the mid-1800s. They were looking to capitalize on folks who were pouring in during the San Francisco gold rush by creating a coffee that was less of a pain to make. Um, and they became the first to sell canned ground coffee beans. No roasting or grinding required. This innovation helped them become one of the most popular coffee brands in the country. Um, and they survived not only bankruptcy, but the 1906 earthquake that wiped out all other coffee roasters in San Francisco. Oh, wow. Huh. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was right around this point that a bunch of innovations were happening simultaneously. Right. So in 1890, David Strang out of New Zealand applied for a patent for soluble coffee powder that he dubbed Strang's Coffee. Um, that was not the only patent he applied for. Uh, he applied for a couple of things, including a coffee roasting apparatus of novel design and something called Strang's Eclipse Hot Air Grain Dryer. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, something else people attribute to him is the creation of mocha, which we're going to have to investigate in a oh, future episode. yeah, definitely. Yes, yes, yes. Tokyo chemist Satori Kato introduced a powdered coffee product at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo, New York in 1901. And for a long time, this, uh, Kato's, uh, was considered the first stable powdered coffee product until people dug up Strang's patents. Um, Kato had previously developed a process for making instant tea and based his coffee powder on that one. Then... In 1906, a European immigrant named George Washington, no relation, uh, owned the process of getting coffee crystals from brewed coffee. Uh, yeah, he was a British chemist and he was working in Guatemala at the time. And uh, this this process um, created the first like commercially 
viable instant coffee um, and was called, in the United States anyway, uh, Red E Coffee. <laughs> yeah. Like R-E-D capital E uh-huh. coffee. Yeah. I'm into it. I like it. All yeah. right. Um, around 1910, he started offering his instant coffee in the U.S., and the convenience factor made it a really big hit during World War One. Yeah, it basically ran the market in the U.S. until around, like, 1940. So one of the other most popular brands in the country was Maxwell House, um, a company founded in 1920 by Joel Cheek that also offered a ground coffee bean product. While this wasn't quite instant coffee, it was a huge stepping stone on the path to instant coffee. Yeah. A few other stepping stones along the way. Cyrus Blanc. Oh, that was so French. I don't know if it's supposed to be French. Cyrus Blanc, perhaps, um, (laughs) introduced coffee powder Hmm. to retail in 1906. The story goes that he got the idea at a diner called Tony Faust Cafe in St. Louis after spilling a drop of coffee on a hot plate. And this drop turned into a powder until it was exposed to water and then it became coffee again. Uh, The story goes, this discovery led to Faust Coffee, named after the cafe, with Cyrus Blank being the the leader behind that one. Mm -hmm. In 1917, chemist Charles Trigg wrote in his notebook while at Pittsburgh's Mellon Institute, fellowship renewed for one year, main work to be on soluble coffee, all attentions to be centered thereon, new pressure absorption proves to be thoroughly tried out. It's really cool. You can like look at his journal entries. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. He conducted all kinds of studies on coffee during his four-year fellowship there, um, studies that proved useful to others in the field. So he didn't really arrive at like <laughs> instant oh, coffee. But... But he was very integral for other people. He did go on to become the chief chemist for King Coffee Products Corporation, a company looking into water-soluble coffee. In 1921, they introduced Minute Coffee with ads reading like this. The housewife only needs to pour hot water on the powder. The dissolving process is instantaneous. No work, no bother, no grounds, no utensils to scour. (laughs) Yeah, all right. Oh, wow. Um, But this brings us to a huge turning point in the story of instant coffee. Okay, to set us up a little. In the 1930s, Brazil uh, was inviting researchers to come help them figure out ways to preserve excess coffee beans um, via things like production of instant coffee. And one of the companies involved is a familiar one. Yes. In 1938, Nestle debuted Nescafe, a product they made by spraying liquid coffee into heated towers, along with an equal amount of liquid carbohydrate. The resulting product was then rehydrated to make coffee. Um, Food chemist Max Morgenthaler spearheaded this initiative. He'd in fact been ordered to drop the whole thing in 1935 due to coffee bean shortages and financial woes. But Morgenthaler just could not let this go. He couldn't Hmm. let this idea go. So he experimented on it whenever he could. In 1937, he invited the higher ups at Nestle to try his creation, and they were majorly impressed. They were like, yes, all right, (laughs) let's go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) 
They decided, the company decided that their test market would be Switzerland and cans of this brand of coffee were available in Swiss grocery stores by 1937 with a targeted audience of single men since they needed a woman to make them coffee, I guess. That was sort of the implication in the ads. It's like, (laughs) you don't need her. This is easy. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Okay. And the product was a hit, especially amongst men who did outdoorsy jobs or activities. Dr. Morgenthaler got his patent in 1938. By 1940, the product was available in 30 countries. World War II put a bit of a damper on sales, except in the UK and Switzerland, and the product was so important to U.S. soldiers that the government named it a, quote, commodity vital to the war effort. Uh, One year that America was in World War II, the entire million cases that the U.S. Nescafe plant produced all went to the military. Wow. Yeah. Wow. On top of that, when the Allied forces did their victory marches in Western Europe and Japan, one of the objects in the care packages that they were handing out was Nescafe. Instant coffee innovation continued over the next several decades and into today, still ongoing. Mm -hmm. Um, In the 1950s, an improved dehydration technique allowed for larger particles of instant coffee, eliminating the need for previously used carbohydrates to bulk up the product. Uh, This research came out of Borden's labs, um, like the milk company, right? Um, And it was pretty major. In 1946, only about 6% of coffee consumed in the States was instant. By 1954, it was like 25%. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. However, we've been talking about this a lot throughout. This was a big deal. That aroma of coffee um, still eluded uh, the researchers. It was still absent from the product. So engineers... We're not done yet. They were trying to find a way to fix this. Producers tried a couple of things to remedy it, um, starting with the idea to add coffee bean oils to the instant coffee. When consumers opened the jar or whatever it was in, um, they were rewarded with the smell of fresh coffee. However, as soon as water or milk was added, the smell went away. And on top of that, the oils were a risk in terms of the product going rancid. Ah, Yeah, you don't want that. Along comes another huge innovation, the invention of freeze-dried coffee in 1964, a product that preserved both the flavor and the smell of coffee. No oils required. Kraft gets credited, as in, yes, that Kraft, um, Mm -hmm. they get credited as the first on the scene with their freeze-dried Maxwell House offering in 1963 or 1964. Um, Freeze-drying was a World War II invention. Again, you can see that episode where we went all into that. Mm-hmm. Um, producers of instant coffee also experimented with a method that used steam to cause the coffee crystals to clump together to later be reheated so that they more closely resembled ground coffee. Um, Cause that was also a part of this was the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. How did it look? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> however, a lot of flavor was lost in the reheating process. And this technique was more about appearance than flavor. Freeze dried coffee kept up appearances and taste. So it was it was a vast improvement. Yeah, yeah. And all the major companies introduced freeze-dried versions. Um, and thanks to these innovations, instant coffee hit peak popularity in the United States in the 1970s. During that time, about a third of the coffee that we imported was made into instant coffee. Consumers were buying some 200 million pounds 
every year because they, yeah, they were like, they were like, oh, yes, look at the superior flavor. (laughs) But if you're shouting at whatever device you're listening to this through, (laughs) something along the lines of, what flavor, Annie and Lauren, what flavor? (laughs) Um, You are not alone. And in 1989, sales of instant coffee sharply declined. Um, This was a direct result of the increasing popularity of cafes and fresh brewed coffees here in the United States. Companies like Maxwell House made huge cutbacks. Um, Nestle tested out their gourmet instant coffee called Taster's Choice in 1990, but it just couldn't compete with America's changing taste. Was that, were those early commercials, like how like Anthony Stewart head of Giles from Buffy fame got his start? I feel like they were. Of like, what, Folgers? What was he in? In, in the, in the Taster's Choice commercials, I think. My brain is, my brain, my brain is pigging me with something along those lines. Okay. I'm Googling now. (laughs) Okay. This is very important information. Um... (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting as somebody who has, I grew up drinking instant coffee. I still drink it. And I definitely get some shade when I tell people that. And I understand. But I'm also, again, a proponent that it has its place. It has its place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It was it, it, it was early, early Tony Head uh, oh! acting chops, Taster's Choice commercials. Yeah. That's so great. I'm yeah. going to have to look that up later. <laughs> I'm so glad that I can't remember my own phone number, but that's lodged in my brain somewhere. That's, that's really good. <laughs> yeah. That's your brain doing you a favor is what that is. Um, oh, but okay, heck. still, you got to compete. And this kind of cracks me up because in 2009, Starbucks launched their own brand of instant coffee via or via VIA. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I remember this because, again, this is what my mom gets me. When I come home for special occasions. Uh Yeah, it's very cute. Um, The marketing heavily featured its so-called micro-ground technology, and the then-president CEO of Starbucks claimed it would change the way people drink coffee. However, it struggled to compete with freshly brewed coffee, too, um, though it did do about $180 million in global sales in its first two years. But I find that interesting because Starbucks was kind of the one of the key players in the decline in ruining the <laughs> the business yeah. of instant coffee and then it was suddenly like oh no we make it too yeah right yeah interesting yeah <laughs> um and then uh yeah in 2020 um at the at the top of the pandemic there was this trend of making a dalgona coffee named after the South Korean candy um, because it, it, it looks and tastes similar. But yeah, um, uh, it's made by whipping together equal parts water, sugar, and instant coffee to make a foam and then using that foam to top hot or cold milk. Um, and basically what's happening here is that the tiny particles of coffee solids in instant coffee can like lock up and help form stable air bubbles in this syrupy uh, sugar water liquid. Um yeah. Uh, and the cheaper kinds work better. The cheaper kinds of instant coffee work better because they're usually spray dried and thus contain fewer oils and thus foam up better because uh, oil is a bubble breaker, um, as you may have witnessed when you like are washing dishes. <laughs> My mind immediately goes to Powerpuff Girls. It's a dark episode <laughs> oh, where no. she gets broken. Um <laughs> I'm intrigued by this. I 
I want to look more into this. Yeah, Dalgona Coffee. Um, D a l g o n a. It was it was a big like I think like TikTok trend. Um, mm. early early in pandemic days, people were like, "I'm stuck at home. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna make this fancy looking coffee drink." <laughs> I was thinking about that. All the things I thought I was gonna do during the pandemic at the beginning, and yeah. what actually happened. <laughs> Yeah, as, I, it's all right. <laughs> as it turns out, I've mostly just been depressed. That's huh, weird. <laughs> oh, goodness. I've read a lot of fan fiction. No, hey, that's great. Yes, and I think if, like, I don't know if you've seen Reign of Fire, but in Reign of Fire, where they do that scene where they reenact Empire Strikes Back, that's me. I can do oh, that for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, that's, that's a my, skill, yeah. That is a skill. <laughs> one I've acquired during this. But definitely I will be the Star Wars reenactor during the apocalypse. Into so. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well. That's enough to get you on my team. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Instant coffee is big during the apocalypse. So oh, this, right. It all comes together. Absolutely. There you go. Oh, <laughs> it is a big thing in like video games in the apocalypse. You want that instant coffee. Oh, uh, heck. Oh, heck indeed. Well. I think that's what we have to say about instant coffee for now. It is. Uh, we do have some listener mail for you. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Could just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Today's episode is brought to you by Discover Puerto Rico. We've talked in a bunch of different episodes about facets of Puerto Rican cuisine, um, like the dish mofongo, made of savory, deep-fried mashed plantains studded with some kind of tasty protein, and the creation of the cool, creamy pina colada. But there is so much more there. Um, I've actually never been. You have a tiny bit of experience, don't you? Yes. Unfortunately, it was a very tiny bit of experience. Mm -hmm. I was there for about a day. I'm kicking myself for that now. I remember having delicious rums, delicious drinks, but I want to go back because, yeah, so many episodes we do on here when we're talking about food from Puerto Rico, I want that. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> it sounds amazing. We're trying to get a savor team trip yeah. together. Oh, absolutely. 
Well, I mean, we're we're trying to get a trip to a lot of places, but this is yeah. this is really top of the list. Even putting together this ad read made me hungry. I was like, oh, oh, I want to try those things. Yeah, as we've talked about before, there are influences there from African and Spanish and native Taino foodways. The culinary scene sounds amazing, and we want to go, and I'm hungry. No Me passport too. is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. You can learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener. I was going to do the Folgers jingle, Best Part of Waking Up, Folgers in Your Cup, because I think it's in, they sold it. It's like out in the domain Is it free now? Wow. I think somebody might have bought it, but it's not theirs anymore, I'm pretty sure. Um, But then, again, I don't know how to communicate these things to you very well. (laughs) I would have figured it out by like the like a few notes in but i wouldn't have known where to place like the right the like syllable breaks so yeah. it could have gotten complicated pretty quickly yeah i agree i agree <laughs> 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 well we live and we learn at least we lived hey um, hey albert wrote as a fellow dm Oozes can be a lot of fun to run. <laughs> this is in reference to a comment we made about a black pudding uh, enemy in Dungeons and Dragons uh-huh, uh-huh. in our black pudding episode. Um, Albert continues, in my recent post-apocalyptic sci-fi fifth edition campaign, the players at sixth level ran into a modded gelatinous cube in the subway tunnels, as well as a sentient ooze named Gabool that they befriended. In my other fifth edition campaign using EN World Publishing's level up rule set, the players at second level ran into several gray oozes. A black pudding would have outright. Right, killed them. Oh, goodness. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, black puddings are nothing to mess with. And yet you did mess with him. You did. I... <laughs> you sure did. Well, it was a modified <laughs> version, according to you. So <laughs> Ooh, we I were like fine. <laughs> we were fine. Yes, I was like literally. Wow, I can't describe how badly they were rolling everybody <laughs> that first session. <laughs> I had, like, them trapped in this dungeon, and they could not get out. Like, they kept rolling ones for everything. Oh, right. Yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those, like, first session things where it was like, well, and then I guess I drop my dagger and I fall on it. I. <laughs> but this is how they ran into the black pudding after yeah. they, like, rolled 15 ones in a row. It was <laughs> wild. But they survived. And they, they survived. are. You're right. You're right, Albert. They are very, very fun to run. They can, like, <laughs> swallow you or your items whole. Oh, yeah. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Love it. Um, Kirsten wrote, I felt so seen by your mango episode on so many levels. Growing up in Cincinnati, I had very limited experience with mangoes. I thought of them as a rare, exotic, and expensive treat that my siblings and I sometimes got to eat at my bubba's house. I remember the stringy fibers getting stuck in my teeth, and mom always said they tasted like air fresheners. I wanted to like them, maybe in theory more than in practice anyway. After graduating from college in Cincinnati, I moved to Miami, Florida in the middle of summer to find a steaming hot paradise with mangoes littering the sidewalks and scenting the air after thunderstorms. 
Now, mango season has become a bit of an obsession for me and my Miami native husband. The idea Annie talked about in the episode about not even knowing that you haven't experienced the real version of something because you don't have access to it is so true. We live in a condo, so we don't have any fruit trees of our own. But around this time of year, as they start to bloom, I start scouting the mango trees on our walking routes in all the nearby neighborhoods. Once they're ripe and falling off the trees... It's go time. We'll go out for walks with backpacks and bring them home full of six to ten mangoes at a time. Of course, we are respectful of people's property. Mango theft is no joke in Miami. We only take fallen fruits that we can reach from the sidewalk or roadside. I love a rule set. This is great. Uh, They continue. Every once in a while, we'll see a tree in someone's yard with dozens of rotting fruits on the ground. And I've been known to knock on a stranger's front door to ask permission to pick some. And I've never been turned down. It's really cool getting to try mangoes from all these different trees. They vary so much in color, size, texture, and flavor. It's incredible. I don't know the names of the varieties that we forage, but I definitely remember which trees my favorite fruits come from. So cool. Okay. Down about a half hour south of Miami in an agricultural area called the Redlands, there are tons of tropical fruit orchards and roadside produce stands with all kinds of mangoes and other tropical fruits I'd never heard of before moving down here. Down that way, there is a magical place called the Fruit and Spice Park. They have over a hundred varieties of mango trees, and if you go at just the right time, you can eat yourself sick on mangoes and learn the varietals by name. My favorite are the ice cream mango and the Fairchild mango. I've been very curious to know how the listener mail improv works. Annie, do you give any direction in advance? How do you communicate your intentions to Lauren to interpret and join in? I'm picturing a conductor like hand gestures. Would love a peek behind the curtain on this. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, (laughs) Lauren is a champ. (laughs) It's chaos wrapped in hope, y'all. It's uh... absolute chaos. Yeah, so we're still two two years into this pandemic. We're still doing this over Skype, um, mm-hmm. and so we're like each in our homes, uh, dealing with like a I don't know maybe like second second and a half delay, like yeah. maybe less, maybe more, um, <laughs> and so Annie like takes in that deep breath uh-huh. and. Um, Starts and and yeah, and there are big hand gestures, big like conductor like hand gestures, uh, that that relatively correlate to like pitch and intent that I've kind <laughs> of learned learned to interpret, um, mm-hmm. and and I just kind of go, <laughs> I don't know, I just sort of <laughs> go for it. I'm sort of like, well, it's a trust fall, is what it is. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly like I'm so impressed that you even get like halfway close most of the time. Uh and I don't unless it's like a clear thing, I usually make them up like the second before we do them. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, that's wild to me. <laughs> Sometimes I have a vision. Sometimes I have okay. a vision yeah. throughout. Yeah. But most of the time it's like, oh gosh, I don't think this will work. I don't think this will that's usually what happens is I have two You're ideas like filtering and I'm like, through. they won't work. They won't yeah. work. Try this easier thing. Cause I do realize, like for this one, best part of waking up folders in your cup, listener mail, different <laughs> syllables. Not gonna work. <laughs> so I have to I have to pick and yeah, choose. Yeah. You know? Um you follow. <laughs> yeah. And I think the the real fun part for me comes in where um uh 
I, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but, um, you know, the way that conference calls work is that when um, when you start speaking, if you're if you're at a certain volume level, mm-hmm. um, uh, the software will cut out your audio feed of the other person. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so I'm like trying to do it like enthusiastically. Yeah. Um, uh but not loud enough that it cuts your mic because <laughs> if that happens, then I'm just guessing. I'm purely guessing. <laughs> it's a skill. It's, it's a skill. Oh, my. I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to apply the word skill here. <laughs> um, well. It's a thing that happens. Uh, bless. <laughs> Twice a week. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple of great bloopers that I wish one day we should. Oh, yeah. Where they've, it's gone horribly awry. Way, (laughs) way awry. Oh, yeah. It's very rare we don't release it. Yeah, Uh, usually we're just like, oh, yeah, that happened. Cool. That's that's what happened. (laughs) But it's usually me because sometimes I'll accidentally say the ingredients instead of listener mail. Oh, yeah. I love those. (laughs) They're very funny because usually I don't realize what I've done until you're like, uh. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that was great, but <laughs> but yeah, yes, um, but yeah, no, it's fun. I I I love it. Thank you all for putting up with it. <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, thank you very much. It was just something we kind of did because we didn't have a jingle, and now here we are. Yeah, um, and also this sounds amazing with the mangoes. Oh goodness, so many right? types of mangoes, backpacks of mangoes. I would. Oh, I would eat so many. I am also so intrigued by this ice cream mango variety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Oh, no. No, thank you so much. That sounds so cool. It does. It does. And thanks to both of you for writing to Mm -hmm. us. If you would like to write to us, listeners, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. 
In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.